What's up, Strong Tower Podcast listeners? This podcast is pretty different from the rest. I actually got my my cousin uh, to call in. He actually is in the Georgia National Guard in the beautiful state of Georgia. He um, he is a E four specialist and a twelve Bravo combat engineer. Now, to me, I don't know what any of that means, but that's what he told me he was. So, <laughs> so I had fun, man, talking to him. I haven't talked to him since he was just a little kid, and to see him growing up into um, a like a a strong, um, opinionated, like ind- independent young man. Um, it's just the coolest thing in the world, man. And I respect him so much for serving our country and what he does. And uh, it was the honor to talk to him. It was fun. And I hope you all enjoyed as much as I did. You know, so um, just open your eyes, open your ears. This is Will Ember. <laughs> Will, welcome to the Strong Tower Podcast, man. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Um, so, like we were talking about before, um, like I have a lot of questions about like uh, the military and stuff, right? So, first of all, like what what brought you to join the National Guard in the first place? Um, I think what really impacted me was. I mean, I have a military family. Like, my dad served. He did 20 years. My grandfather, my dad's dad, his dad before him. And, and I just kind of felt obligated, you know. And uh, I didn't want to keep working some, like, some nowhere job. And uh, I kind of felt like I needed to, I don't know, kind of pay back the, uh, the country that I live in and try and do a little work for them. Uh, I just kind of felt obligated to um, felt obligated to serve a purpose, really. Okay. Um, do did you did like a lot of your friends and stuff join too, or? Uh, yeah, a lot of my friends, you know, like uh, straight out of high school, uh, most of them joined the army, and I have a few Marine friends, and you know, a few Navy and Air Force friends and stuff like that. But I mean, it's a a lot, a vast majority of my friends, yeah, they uh they joined the military straight out of high school. That's crazy, man. Like I, I always kind of feel bad a little bit because when I was coming out of high school, I was doing the same thing. Like I I got I went to the recruiter, I did all that stuff, and um I ended up getting all the way to MEPS, and then um. You know, like they put you in this room and you're, you're looking around the room and you see a bunch of like signs and they're like, oh, if you lie on this paper, you can serve this much time in jail and you got to pay this fine and all that shit. And my recruiters told me to lie about certain things. Like I had a concussion a year before that. They said, don't put that on there. So when I saw when I got to MEPS and I saw those signs and stuff, it kind of scared the shit out of me. So I put it on my paper there. And then they looked at the two, and they said these don't match. And um, uh, yeah, they they told me the same thing. Um, but my recruiter said, you know, like don't let that shit scare you. It's uh, it's just a technique that they do. They want you to be really honest with them and everything. But like, not gonna lie, I lied about a couple of things. Like nothing, nothing like illegal or anything. But uh, like some things medical wise. Like, uh, I had my appendix taken out, like, several years. Like, I was in the fifth grade, had my appendix taken out, didn't tell them. And, uh, I mean, it was fine. Yeah. But they just said that uh, it's like a scare tactic that uh, they use in MEPS just to get you to just be honest because that's what they want. They just want honest people. Yeah, well, it scared uh, the shit out of me, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I ended up... Um, 
they brought me to some kind of sergeant and he like chewed he chewed my ass out right and then i sat in a room for six hours when no one's talking to me so i called my recruiter and then he picked me up and took me back home and that was it yeah i think um honestly in my opinion mips is probably the worst part of being in the uh, or like being in the military honestly because uh like when you get when you get through MEPS, you know, and you sign your contract, and they ship you out to your basic training, and they tell you right off the get go, basic training is seriously going to be the easiest part of your career. And I was, you know, I was like, oh man, y'all are full of shit, you know, because I didn't know what to expect. Because you hear all these horror stories of basic training and what what the drill sergeants do to you, right? everything like that but i can honestly say that basic training was the easiest part of my enlistment because uh there's so much there's just so much shit that goes on in your unit and it's it it, it's a lot of bullshit really to deal with mentally and physically but yeah i mean basic training is for sure the easiest part of my career now something I'm really interested in too because I hear a lot like that they they changed like all the branches of the military kind of changed their basic training just because of the the kids now. You know, the kids are raised to like have things handed to them and don't work hard and all that kind of stuff. They're kind of lazy. So like they kind of uh made basic training a little bit easier than it used to be. And then the hazing kind of like uh they got taken out and all that stuff. So is that you think that's a big reason of it for it? Um, I'm not too sure. Like, uh, I went in in February 2017, and, uh, you know, you hear all this shit like, oh, they'll give you a stress card. Well, I didn't know what that is, but they said that, uh, you know, if the drill sergeants are yelling at you and, like, you get offended or something, you can just hold that stress card up and they'll stop yelling at you. But, uh, I never got a stress card, and, um, you know, they really didn't give a shit if they offended you or not, uh, they say hazing isn't allowed, but that shit happens. I mean, oh yeah, I'm sure. Just getting into the army, it's like getting into kind of like a fraternity or something. Like you gotta, you gotta prove yourself. Right. So, I think hazing exists. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Um, I kind of feel like I got hazed a little bit, but not too, not too bad. It wasn't, it wasn't really all that bad, and. Uh, but I don't. I can't really speak for before 2017 because I have no idea. But I mean, it is. It's still, you know, pretty much balls to the wall and like nonstop yelling, sleep deprivation. You, I mean, they they feed you three square meals a day, but the meals are shitty. There isn't a lot. They just pretty much give you enough food to sustain your body for all the physical activity you're doing. And they still do lay hands on you, the drill sergeants do. People say they don't, but that is a for sure thing. That they, still, they definitely lay hands on you. Of course, because nobody got their phones there to uh, film them or nothing. Yeah, um, and then they started giving people their phones, but with, uh, I never got my phone in basic training. I didn't get my phone until I, like the day I graduated, so... Dang on. So what was the hard? So you said the basic training was easy. So what do you what do you think would be the hardest part? The eating. The hardest part of basic training, um, honestly, um, uh, probably. <laughs> well, to start with, probably as much physical activity as you do, because I mean, you wake up, you wake up at four o'clock in the morning. And you have PT at like 4.15, and you do two hours of PT, which, you know, run, push-ups, sit-ups, pull-ups, everything. And um, if once you go in, you're not in shape, and it's like, it it definitely shocks you. And that, I mean, it gets tough, but you get better as you go on because you do it every day and all throughout the day. You're just constantly getting the dog shit smoked out of you for no absolute reason it just happens and uh that and probably sleep deprivation i've never been more tired in my entire life so um shit what was i gonna say oh did you train 
um, at all for for basic training role? Yeah, a little bit. You know, like uh, here and there. Like my recruiter, he was uh, he was a really cool guy. He just wanted to make sure everybody was somewhat squared away for when they get to basic training. So it isn't too crazy for him. Like uh, we would, uh, my recruiter, he would gather all the guys and gals that uh, he's trying to get to enlist. We would gather up three times a week. And we would do PT, you know, stuff like the Army would do, but isn't it wasn't near as bad. Like, uh, he would have us, you know, run two miles, which is what you have to do. You pretty much run two miles plus every day, pretty much. And, uh, you know, just push-ups and sit-ups. Uh, the Army doesn't do pull-ups anymore for the PT test, which kind of sucks. Why, wait, why is that? Because it's hard? I don't know, man, but on the uh, – they just come out with a new PT, uh, it's not called a PT test, it's called the ACFT, which is the Army Combat Fitness Test, and they have, uh, I don't know what you would call it, but like you dangle sideways like on a pull-up bar, and you just gotta like bring your knees all the way up to the pull-up bar and go back down. Like wow. I guess it works your core. That's crazy, man. They really, they really are trying to like make things a little easier. They are. I guess they, I've taken the new ACFT, and it is a lot harder than a PT test. Like, uh, you got to, like, the Army PT test, you got uh, three exercises. You start off with two minutes of push-ups, and you just do as many as you can. Uh, for the males, it doesn't matter what your age is, I think. Not well, it does matter what the age is, but for me... My age limit right now is uh, the minimum you got to do is like 40 or 42, 43, something like that. But you always want to try and do more than the minimum because you don't want to look like a shit bag. Right. And then they give you uh, five minutes to rest. And then you do two minutes of push-ups or you do two minutes of sit-ups. And I think the minimum for that is like 56 or something in two minutes. And then you rest for five. And then, then you do your two-mile run, and the minimum for that is like 15.50 or 15.54, something like that. And uh, now, instead of doing three, the ACFT, you got, you got like seven exercises, like uh, you got a dummy drag, like 25 or 50 yards. You got to throw a medicine ball over your head, like a... 10 or 20 pound medicine ball it's been a while since i've taken it but you have all these different exercises and then at the very last exercise that's when they slap you in the face with the two mile run and it it will like break you down so much so do do you think that test like does enough for people you know what i mean because like i feel like if someone could barely do that stuff I feel like why I don't trust you with my life. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, like, <clears throat> if you take a PT test and you fail it three consecutive times, then that's when they start chaptering you out of the Army. Uh, you get, like, a other than honorable discharge for a failure to adapt. So that's when they start uh, chaptering you out after uh, three consecutive failures. Uh, I've only failed one PT test. And that was in basic training because it was my very first one. But other than that, you know, you got a maximum score of 300. And, like, what, where I'm at now, I probably, I, like, a really, a really happy medium. I get, like, a 240, 260. Uh, the minimum you could get is, I believe, shit, 180, I think. So... I mean, because, like, even if someone got, like, the mo- like the minimum and, like, they just barely passed, I'm like, uh, do I trust you? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? If you could barely throw a medicine ball over your head, like, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, there is some, man, don't get me wrong. I've seen guys who can, like, barely, barely pass their uh, PT test, but in the field, they are absolute beast, like a top-notch. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you got guys that are like the PT studs scoring like 300 or scoring on the extended scale, like scoring 310s, 20s, 
and they're dumb as a box of bent nails, don't know how to do their job, right. and they just think that because they're good at PT, then uh, they can pretty much like sandbag everything else. So <clears throat> it, it really all just depends on whether or not you can do your job. And uh, But you do have to be physically fit. That is definitely uh, a huge thing that you have to be. You definitely have to be fit. Now, what made you um, do National Guard instead of, like, active duty? Um, well, I kind of wanted to, I kind of wanted to just get my feet wet a little bit. Okay. Like, um, what a lot, what some people don't know is it doesn't matter if you're National Guard, Reserve, or you're active duty. You go to base, it doesn't matter if you're one of those three, whichever one you are. Right. You're still going to go to basic training with guys that are, National Guard, Reserve, or Active Duty. Right. So you all get the same basic training. You all still get your same OSIT or you're all, all the same AIT. Like, I got the same uh, train, all the same training as somebody who's Active Duty. So, but I just wanted to get my feet wet a little bit and, uh, you know, see how I kind of like it. And it's always been in the back of my mind to go Active Duty because <clears throat> I like, I love the life. Um, it's, um, I don't know, it's not like civilian life. It's pretty, it's easy and it's hard at the same time, but I think it's more easy than anything. Like, you got a certain place to be at a certain time in the certain uniform. Like, it's really too easy to do. Oh, yeah, everything's and, disciplined for you, and you have it all set out for you. You know what I mean? You don't, yeah, have, you don't mean, really have to, like, wake up and think, okay, what am I doing today? You know what I mean? Yeah, you know exactly what you're going to do. Monday through Friday, like uh, a typical day, like doing being active duty is like uh, you would wake up, you know, early at the ass crack of dawn and uh, go do PT. And when you get back, you know, shower, eat, get dressed and uh, then you go to work. I mean, you would just uh, do whatever they have you doing or unless you're like out in the field or something, then that's a whole different story. Yeah, so how how has your um your like military life affected your like civilian life? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, what, um it's really it's really made me like uh, mature, I think, a whole lot more because like I went in when I was nineteen and uh, like I was just still, you know, farting around doing my own thing I was lazy I mean I was working but I was just kind of like lazy and stuff but you know I don't know the military like really opens your eyes to the world a whole lot more like um, it kind of makes you more strict and it somewhat gives you more common sense like you know as far as work ethic um, just work ethic and the way you treat people also, it had a big effect on that. Like, uh, like if you're, if you're a good person, you know, then, you know, I'm just, I'm going to respect you. But if you're a shitbag, I'm going to treat you, you know, accordingly. And it also kind of boosts your self-confidence. So it, it's a real eye opener. That's for sure. What about like with girls and stuff? Does that like affect your time? Like trying to find like a girlfriend or anything like that? Um, active duty, I would assume so, but me, like, being National Guard, I'm home all the time, so, uh, no, not really, uh, but chicks dig a dude in uniform, like, they love it. Right. They don't matter, it doesn't matter if you're active duty, National Guard, or Reserve. Right. Like, they love it. I don't know what it is, but, uh, but now, it doesn't really affect, like, it doesn't really affect me that much since, you know, I'm always home, so. But they could still call it, like, National Guard somewhere, couldn't they? What? Like, if you were, like, needed, like, in another country or something. So, like, say, like, I know they're pulling guys out of, like, Iraq and Afghanistan now. But, um, like, say they needed more people or something. Couldn't they call National Guard and stuff there? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's a rumor. Like, I don't know how many active duty guys like listen to your podcast or National Guard or Reserve, it's a rumor that in the reserves on the Guard, like 
they deploy a lot. Like, they deploy a whole lot more. They say that they deploy, the National Guard Reserve, deploy a lot more than active duty. Right. But I don't know. I've never deployed, me personally. Uh, I feel like my time is coming. But <clears throat> I honestly couldn't say. But, yeah, I could. It's It would definitely be hard, like, relationship-wise, if you go overseas. I mean, it it doesn't matter what what uh, National Guard, Reserve, or active duty. It's going to be tough. Because uh, you're going to be away from your family uh, for nine to thirteen months, you know, and you you're going to be in a combat zone. So, I mean, yeah, it's going to be tough, but I mean, people make it through it all the time, and it can definitely be done. So, is that something that you always like think about, and that you would want to do just to like just do it? Yeah, um, I definitely want to. Uh, you could actually in the guard and reserve, you could volunteer. To deploy you can see like what units are up for deployment and you can like if they need slots filled then you can request to go and like nobody has to really sign off on it you can just request to go and you could go right. or um your unit could deploy but i really part of me wants to volunteer and part of me want like kind of wants to wait to see what my unit would do right because i don't want to deploy with like a unit i don't know anybody at and then you know, all of a sudden, my unit deploys. Yeah. I'm like, well, shit, you know, I could have deployed with guys that I actually know and guys that I know how to, that they know how to do their job. I don't know, I don't know shit about this new unit, but, yeah, I definitely want to do it for the experience. Yeah, man, that would be tough, man. Like, uh, I remember when I was sitting in MEPS one time, we were sitting around and we were, uh, a couple of guys were talking and they were asking, like, what our MOS was, and uh, I had gotten, like, truck driver or some shit because my ASVAB score was so low. And um, and I was like, oh, yeah, my recruiter told me I'll probably go to Hawaii. And he, they were like, Poof. They were like, nope, he lied to you. Uh, you're probably, you'll probably be deployed. I was like, oh, shit. Well, I don't know, man. Like, I know people that, uh, <clears throat> like, straight out of my OSIT, which is, if you have a combat MOS, pretty much like uh, infantrymen and combat engineers, I don't know about artillery, but for us, I know we de- we definitely have OSIT, and all the other guys have what's called AIT. And um, once you do that, you go to your first duty station. I know a guy whose first duty station was Hawaii. and But, I mean, Hawaii is, I don't know, it, it would be in my top five, I guess, but... I mean, you never know. You could, uh, you could go to like Germany or Italy or anywhere. Really, it's just really wherever the army decides to place you. Right. Yeah, man, that's crazy. So, um, are do you think there's like more? Because to me, it always seemed this way. There's more people from the south in the military than there are anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? Um, Just because I feel like there's more I I could, I patriotism. Say, uh, me, I would like in my basic training platoon, I was the only guy from like east of the Mississippi and like oh, wow. lower than Tennessee. Like I was, I was the only guy from the south there. But I really couldn't speak for, um, really couldn't speak for anybody else, but. It's definitely a possibility there's a bunch of people that uh, from, like, different countries that actually come to the United States, like, uh, with, like, a green card or something like that, and act- not actually be a citizen. And they can actually join the United States military and gain citizenship after they pass basic training. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I know a lot <laughs> of people that have done that, but... So did they talk a lot about your accent and stuff? <laughs> I got made fun of so much, but also like a lot of, a lot of the females and stuff, they loved it because none of them were oh, from really? around here, like, and they they just thought that <clears throat> that shit was kind of hot. I guess I don't know. Yeah, man, they loved but, it. And then the drill sergeants, you know, always giving me shit about it because none of them were <laughs> from around here. That's great. Like they made me ask, <laughs> they made me ask one of my friends. To, uh, like, I had to tell my friend to ask the drill sergeant something, 
because they said with my accent that they couldn't take me seriously. <laughs> like that I sounded like a hillbilly or some shit. So they made yeah. me. They always made me ask somebody else to ask them a question. Well, that brought up like two questions of mine because I always wonder like. Um, because, well, first of all, I was going to tell you a story about, uh, so when I went to uh, Vegas back in 2011 to get my um, personal training uh, cert- certification, right, um, we had to do a hell week. And it had, so each day we had to train like with one of these professional trainers. Like one guy uh, was a trainer in the NBA. One girl trained like super famous people or whatever. So, um, this one day we showed up at this big, huge field and this little tiny blonde girl, like, like my dream woman at the time just like popped up and was like, Hey y'all, we're about to try. I was like, (gasps) like my knees buckled and I was in heaven, dude. Like, I was like, yes. I was like, one, this girl's sexy as hell. And she's like from the south and she had that accent and i was like and then she said she was from georgia so i called her my georgia peach and then uh <laughs> and, then, and then um that was only until she put us through a workout and it made me throw up so i was like i told her i was like you're you're like uh you're like the devil like dressed up like an angel and she just started laughing i was like dude it fucking sucked but um but yeah, man, that accent gets to people, man. Like, no matter, like, people can say you sound dumb or whatever. Like, everyone wishes they had one. That's why everyone tries to do a southern accent, you know? What's going on, guys? So, you know what I'm really tired of hearing about? Is, like, when people complain about being tired and um, they're always looking for something to give them energy, you know? So there's tons of ways to get renewed energy. Um, we've all tried the bangs, the Red Bulls, uh, the monsters of the world. But what you don't know is about Onward. Got it right here. So check it out. So what it is is Onward is created for people on the go that need a quick pick-me-up or just someone sitting around at work that just needs to uh, finish out their day. You know, they got that 2.30 feeling. Um... Onward gives you the support for your immune system, allows you to sustain energy, enhances your mood, and optimizes your focus. So, where can you get this Onward? Easy question. Go to Strong Tower Nutrition. They carry all the fitness industry's top brands that are better for longevity and your overall health. I say they, but I mean we, because Strong Tower Nutrition is my store. Go online to stnutrition.com and you can pick up your own Onward there. So the main question I get about Onward is all the time, how much sugar is added in this um, in this supplement? So here's the thing about Onward is there is no added sugar. There's no added sugar because it's all created, it's created actually with all vegan ingredients. Uh, Strong Tower Nutrition offers the peach tea, the pineapple vanilla, the cool lime, and the orange mango. I mean, you all see them, you see them right here. Go to stnutrition.com because what we're doing for podcast listeners, if you go to stnutrition.com, you can get 20% off if you type in the word strong, S-T-R-O-N-G. Type in the word strong and you'll support Strong Tower Nutrition and you'll support the podcast because guess what, guys? We love you. Um, so go ahead and get this energy, energy in your system and quit complaining about staying awake. You know, just wake up, grab yourself some Onward, stnutrition.com, try it out. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely true. People <laughs> like them, but I, I've listened to myself talk before, and it's just like, gosh, dude, you sound so fucking stupid. <laughs> nah, man, I love it. I love it. I get, um, like when I went to a new school for high school, people thought I was from Texas. Because I grew up in a, like an all-black neighborhood, right? So I kind of talk like them sometimes, yeah. and then um, and then some words I say like my grandparents are, and most of my family is like from West Virginia and stuff. So, 
But uh, what I was going to ask you before was, do you get offended like when people call you like a hillbilly or a redneck or something? No, man. Like, that shit doesn't offend me. Uh, it didn't offend me before I went in the military. Uh, it doesn't really now. I mean, word, words speak louder, or actions speak louder than words. So, like, if somebody calls me, like, a redneck or a hillbilly or whatever, um, I mean, it, do, it doesn't really bother me at all because, I don't know, I just don't have, <clears throat> I'm not a softy, I don't think, so. Yeah, it's probably because you don't really live like a real like hillbilly or you know what I'm saying you're not incest and all that shit. You know, like I have relatives that are married to each other that are cousins that live in West Virginia. So it's like those are real like hillbilly. <laughs> That's what I think hillbilly is. You know what I'm saying? They got missing teeth and shit, but um, but you know I think that's like a misconception when people people just think everyone from the south is a redneck or a hillbilly. You know what I mean? bother me it all depends on the person i guess like uh and their intentions too like if they mean it in a bad way or some shit you know yeah like i don't like i said words really don't hurt me i've I've been called like a lot of shit and especially in the military um it just it really doesn't offend me or anything like that yeah um so are you big into like uh like the, I mean, what I call like the basic, like southern things, like football, hunting, trucks, and all that stuff. Yeah, man, uh, I love to hunt. Um, I mainly deer hunt. I don't like, uh, I don't really like bird hunting at all because uh, it's kind of boring to me. Too easy. A lot of people do it, and uh, just the way that they are about it, it's like they're on drugs because, I mean, they can't wait for the next season to open. Like I am too, but I'm not like that involved that that's all i ever talk about right but uh like i fish i love the fish um trucks yeah uh i like i like a nice truck i mean it's kind of a guy thing i guess some guys like trucks some guys like cars right and some guys some guys don't care but (laughs) yeah i don't care if it runs i'm good yeah like I'm, i'm kind of the same way like i'm I like. I would like to have like a really, really nice truck, but then again, if I don't, as long as I got something that like gets me from A to B and it's reliable, then that's all I'm really worried about. Yeah, and like for me, like sometimes like there'll be a situation where I'm like doing work at the house or something, and I'm like, oh, I wish I had a truck, you know what I mean? But that's like the only time I would ever use it for moving anything, you know. So I'm like, oh, maybe I don't want to get one because I don't really use it like that. Yeah, that's that's pretty much how it goes. Like I've always had like uh, <clears throat> trucks. I've mostly had like pickups. I've had a Yukon and a Tahoe, but I like trucks. You know, throw some shit in the back of it if I need to. It's got a lot of space. If I need to tow something, I don't tow shit all the time. But if I need to, it's there. But <clears throat> I mean, then it, it's just like um, it's one of those things that are just nice to have, I guess. Now, are you a big football fan? Yes, dude. I love college football. College football. Uh, oh, I know. I was especially Georgia's ranked third now, so. Yeah, man. We've been doing really good for the past uh, shit, three seasons since Kirby Smart's been our head coach. Yeah, just can't get past and, Bama, uh, though. Man, I know. We always, <laughs> we always, always, always make know, it to the man. very end, and then we choke out. And I don't know what's going on with the team, but I love that. I love baseball, like uh, the Braves. Braves are doing really good this year. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, man, I love, like, I love watching college football and uh, watching the Braves play. Now, did you just grow up liking um, those kind of sports, or um, did you, like, your dad teach you that, or what? Yeah, my dad, um, I grew up <clears throat> playing baseball. Like, started off when I was, like, four years old playing T ball. My dad was always my coach. And then when I got into the seventh grade, I started playing sports for the school. So, and that was my first year ever playing like football, like actual football, like on a team. Right. And uh, I played baseball and football the seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth grade. 
And, uh, I mean, I loved it, man. So I kind of, Yeah, I kind of grew up playing that stuff, watching it all the time. So. Do you watch college yeah, man, more than you watch the NFL? For sports, probably. Yeah. Do you watch um, college more than the NFL? Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't like the way that the ranking system for the NFL is. It's kind of right. confusing to me. Right. When college is like, if you beat a team that's ranked higher than you, then you take their spot. Right. In the NFL, it's different. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It's it's kind of like more interesting because watching that, I mean, it's like watching dudes that are like around my age. And uh, I think I think it's really impressive. Like two dudes I went to high school with uh, went to Clemson, and they both got drafted into the NFL. One went to Detroit, another one went to Seattle, and it's crazy to think like, holy shit, man, I used to play high school football with these guys, and it's just really cool, but I've always enjoyed watching college more, but when it comes to baseball, definitely professional baseball. Yeah, man, I feel I feel the same way. I love watching um, college football more. I get more excited, I think. I have more emotion in college football, um, but I really love the Eagles, so... You know, and then um, so for my my college team is the Mountaineers, so um, we don't do that well. <laughs> but uh, I but the same with me. I had a couple guys I went to um, high school with. They actually played for West Virginia, and then now one of them is on the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's crazy to think that he went to the same high school as me, went to my favorite college team, and now he's on my favorite NFL team. Yeah, man, like. That kind of, that kind of stuff is it's almost mind boggling. Like, you, like guys that you'll see on national television. Like, man, I remember at practice, me and this guy used to go head to head like all the time, and now here I am, uh, just living my life. And then this dude's playing football for millions of dollars, you know, signing multi million dollar contracts and stuff. Right, and that's what that's what I was gonna say. I was like, then you look up his salary and see how much he's making. You're like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, man, it, that shit's wild. Um, yeah, I'm definitely happy for those guys, though. And it's, I mean, it's really cool, just like knowing somebody that you actually like, you know, had class with and yeah, definitely played sports with and like we're friends with, and now, you know, they've made a career out of doing that. Yeah, man, that's crazy. I mean, for for baseball, I'm kind of like. I like um, either like I like the beginning of the season because guys are more competitive because they're just starting out, you know. And then I like playoff baseball. Like everywhere in between, like just gets boring, you know. Um, this year I was really excited because you know I'm a Phillies fan, so we got uh, a bunch of new players like Bryce Harper and all them. And then they started off good, but then all of a sudden just went down the shitter, you know. And then so we'll see what happens, but. I don't know. Just and I like playoff baseball. It's just more exciting because they actually try, you know. Yeah, um, I love going to Braves games too, man. Like it's way more exciting going to the games than actually sitting at home and watching them. Oh yeah, like for sure. Like uh, I went to one. I've been to one Braves game this season so far, and it was their military appreciation game. God, for, I think they played. I think it might have been the Brewers or Washington or Philly, somebody like that. But and they just swept them, and man, it's awesome. I love watching it. Yeah, man. I mean, I I even go to my old high school just to watch like Friday night football games. You know what I mean? Just because the atmosphere. You know, and people are all like, "Oh, why do you go back to your high school?" Blah blah blah. I'm like, I don't know anyone there. I mean, my dad still teaches there. But I just want to be around that atmosphere, you know what I'm saying? Like, football on a Friday night, man, there's just nothing like it, you know? Yeah, like, I feel the same way. And that, and it kind of brings back memories. Like, I love that, just, like, reminiscing, like, damn. Like, a few years ago, I was out there and had all these people, like, watching me play. And it is, it's, I mean, I occasionally go back to my high school and watch games. Not as often as I would like to, but, yeah, I do the same thing. 
So, um, what uh, what part of Georgia do you live in? Right now, I live in Thomasville, which is south west Georgia, and uh, it's like fifteen minutes above the uh, like it's fifteen minutes above Tallahassee, Florida. So, like, very, very, very far south, and. I like to say that it's like the most south that you could go until you get to Tallahassee and then it's like you end up in New York or something. Right. There's a bunch of like, uh, I guess you could call like city folk, if you want to call them that. But it, it, they're, they're not the same kind of people that like I'm used to being around and people are just like different there. I right. don't know. But. Yeah, my, um, my, dad's, my dad's sister... Uh, she just moved to Columbus, Georgia. And, yeah, I know exactly um, where that is, man. Yeah, so they just they were living in um, Crestview, Florida, for like the longest time. And uh, my uncle does a lot of uh, he's like a big wig over at Cracker Barrel. So he was like he got a position opening or whatever, so they took it, and now she uh, she's teaching at like a all black school or something like that. <laughs> yeah, like uh, Columbus. That um, that's like three, probably about three hours away from like where I'm at right now. And uh, that's Columbus has a uh, you know army post there, uh, Fort Benning, which oh, I know yeah, yeah. I know a lot of guys went there, and it's like the home of the infantry. That's where the infantry guys go. Right. And it's also the home of the armored, like guys that drive tanks and shit. But it's pretty cool. Columbus really isn't that far. It's a it's a nice place though. I give it that. So what would you think? Like, what do you say? Like, you've been. Um, what's the furthest north that you've been? Uh, <laughs> probably Delaware when we had that big ass family reunion at Nan's house. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that was the last time I've ever been up there. But uh, recently, um. Probably about five years ago, I went to, uh, you know, North Carolina, and I went to Virginia. But that's about it. And so the furthest it, west I've gone is California. Okay, so that's a big that's a big difference from than where uh, you're at. So what do you see in the differences? Hmm. You know what I mean? Um, definitely, like, climate. The climate's way different. Uh, well, I mean, like, in of, people. Oh, and like, people, do you like, do you, um, like, do you like the people down south more? Um, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I think that there's, um, cool people and, uh, people with level heads all over the place. And I also think that they're, you know, shitty people with not level heads right. all over. Yep. But, but yeah, like accent wise, I could definitely tell it's kind of funny to me, even though my accent is probably funny to them. Yeah. I'd probably give them shit for it, and they would return the favor. But, yeah, I could definitely tell a difference. Like, um, that and, like, uh, the way that people were raised, like, I don't know. <clears throat> Around here, when you drive past somebody, even if you don't know them, like, you like, kind of, like, wave at them. Like, yeah. you know, you have your hand on the steering wheel, and, like, you just, like, kind of just wave at them, I guess. And they wave back, and everybody, like, says, hey, how you doing? Or whatever to like yeah. complete strangers that you don't even know, and like when I went up there or when I went to California, like, and I would do that. People would look at me like I had a dick on my forehead or something. Yeah, man. I mean, it's crazy because like when we go to uh, our family reunion in West Virginia, like that's how that's how they are too. Um, like they'll wave to you. Like I'm like, who's that? Why are they waving? You know. Um, yeah. but then you come back to Delaware and I try to implement that, but then I, like the way I grew up just kind of like kicks in, you know what I'm saying? Cause I'm like that too. Like, I don't like really talking to people. I always have my head down. I don't really, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause sometimes, yeah. sometimes if you look someone in the eye somewhat different, you know, they get all pissed off for no reason, you know? Yeah. That is, I mean, that is kind of strange, but, um. I don't know, looking people in the eye, that's something that I've always done because that's kind of like a sign of, like, showing respect. I guess, in my opinion, in the military, it's different 
like, it doesn't matter if, like, I mean, if it's, a, like, an officer or something and they got you, like, locked up at attention or something, then, I mean, you could look at them, I guess, if you wanted to. Or, but, like, attention, your head and eyes are straight forward. It doesn't matter if they're, like, to your left or your right. You're just looking straight forward. Right. But I've always looked people in the eye, like, when I'm speaking to them or they're speaking to me. It's just kind of like a sign of showing respect. So when you're in the in the military, do they treat you different um, depending on what your job is at all? Like would they treat yeah, like would they be would they be um, harder on an infantry person than a regular like person? Yeah, they say yeah they are because uh, infantry like when uh, people want to people like ask like oh well, what is the infantry like the easiest way to describe that is like think of a movie and you see this dude he's like out there you know like fighting and shit and doing all this like cool guy stuff like uh killing the enemy going out on patrols and everything like that that's the infantry uh what like combat engineers yeah we could we kind of do that i guess but uh mostly what we do is um route clearance which is looking for ieds in the road and like if we get intel saying that there's uh some kind of IED or it's a, like a potential threat in that, like on that road, um, then we go out, look for it. <clears throat> uh, if we don't find it, then it's either not there or it finds us. So, but, and a lot of people have like higher expectations for guys that have a combat MOS than say like somebody who's a, um, uh, I don't know, like a HR or a cook. Right. Or whatever, so because we work, we always work in a high stress, a highly stressful environment. Now, do you ever watch like uh, like military videos and like pick out like what's wrong and what like what's false and stuff? Yeah, it's kind of hard not to, man. That's yeah. why I try not to watch too many military movies. Yeah, because uh, <clears throat> some of them are actually really spot on. Like um, like just some movies are really spot on with their shit. But you get, like, these half-ass, like, low-budget films, and these dudes' uniforms are just, like, ate the hell up. Right. And I, it pisses me off. Like, if even if I, don't even if I don't even know you and I see you in uniform and I see something wrong about it, like, I'll correct you about it. Like, hey, you know, like, you need to fix yourself or blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, it kind of pisses me off. Like, it's kind of disrespectful, I think, in my opinion. Like, if you're going to... Well, first off, they probably probably didn't earn the right to wear that uniform, but still, it needs to be worn correctly. Yeah, man, I actually um, I actually uh, got to witness something like that. Uh, I mean, the guy was nice about it. He didn't make a big like spectacle about it, but I saw a dude in just regular civilian clothes, and he took a guy in military uniform by the side. Like I couldn't tell what was wrong with it. You know what I'm saying? I had no clue, but um. He took him to the side and like whispered in his ear, and then um, the dude just nodded his head, and then they just left. So I was like, "Oh, he did something, or like something's not right with his what he's wearing, or something like that," you know? Yeah, I've done that too. Um, <clears throat> like I've seen guys like out in public, and I'll see something like uh, I don't know their patch, like their unit patch is on crooked or. Like, it isn't centered. They got their name tapes on backwards, which is the dumbest shit ever. Like, you always make sure the uniform is correct, like, before you wear it. Right. And, and, and it'll catch catch my eye. Like, I don't know why. It just always has. And I'll be like, hey, man, like, you know, your shit's jacked up. You're like, you need to switch your name tapes out or <clears throat> whatever like that. I've, I mean, I've actually done that before. And I've also, one thing that really pisses me off is, like, when people... Pretend that they were in the military and where they Ooh, I shit. hate that. Those Dude, stolen Valor uh, videos? Yes, I love watching them. Like, they're crazy. Ooh, I can't stand that. I love that. watching them, but I've seen one dude, and it pissed me off, like, so, so bad. Like, why, why, why would... I mean, I understand, like, people look up to guys in uniform, but, I mean, why would you do... It's actually a federal offense to do that. Yeah. So, but That's yeah, why I always uh, get like, 
like I still I still thank the people, but I always like have a second thought in my mind. Like I hope that's all. I hope what they're doing is like right. You know what I'm saying? Like I hope they, because I can't tell. You know I'm a civilian, so I have no idea. So I always just hope that I'm thanking them and they're doing the right thing and they're they're actual military and you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean one easy way if like um, if I don't think somebody is actually like in or is a veteran or is actually a veteran or something like that, the easiest thing to do is uh is just say uh, hey man like you mind showing me your military ID because if you're in uniform and you don't have your military ID then you're out of uniform because you're always supposed to have your military ID on you at all times. Right. And uh, if not, then, you know, I just kind of, like, remind them or they'll come up with, like, some bullshit excuse like, yeah, oh, man, I left it at home or it got stolen. Dude, yeah. if your military ID gets stolen, you're lying. Yeah. Like, it, flat out because you're not going to get that shit stolen. <clears throat> but that's the easiest way, really. Yeah, that's so, man, that's so crazy to me that people, like, go to those lengths to do that. Yeah, you know what people, I'm saying? You know, think that they're hard asses because they, like, went to the Army-Navy surplus store and picked up some raggedy-ass uniform, don't even, like, it, you could Google how to, like, how everything goes on that uniform. It's seriously that easy. Right. You could Google it. Like, at least put that much effort into it right. if you're going to fake it. Oh man, um, you know what I've been really into is uh this uh they had this show on Netflix. Do you have Netflix at all? Yeah. Yeah. So they had this uh show. It's called Medal of Honor. You ever seen that? Oh yeah, dude, I love that show. Dude, the stuff they show on that it just blows my mind. Yeah, man, it's um, it really is like it's badass and it's. Like, Medal of Honor, that's, like, the highest thing. That's the highest medal that you could get. And it doesn't matter, like, it doesn't matter if you're, like, just a low, like, you know, you could be, like, me, like a, like a specialist. But if I were to have, like, a Medal of Honor ribbon on my dress uniform or something, dude, they would have, like, like, it's just a sign of respect. That it doesn't even matter if they're a higher rank than you, then they'll, like, uh, go to attention and stuff. Like, an officer or, like, a NCO They'll, they'll just go to attention because it's like a sign of respect because of like you don't you don't just like sit on your ass and get that award I know man like the crazy stuff that some of these guys did um it's just something that you can't even make up in a movie you know uh the one dude got shot like six times and I think it was like in World War one or something and um the only way to um to move forward and to move his like brigade forward was to like uh take over this like uh one like I don't even know what it was called but it was like shooting like bombs or whatever and um so he thought he was just going to go shoot the guy and take it over but when he gets there he sees that there's there's like tons more guys and he's like oh shit you know and um he just stands up takes a deep breath and runs at him and he gets shot three times and he takes over the whole German uh whatever like foxhole or whatever they were in and um so then the Americans like you know they take over that spot and then he turns around and there's more so he does the same thing and he gets shot three more times and then of course he dies at that the last shot but that allows his uh his guys to move forward and take over that spot i was like that's just crazy just to run like you know what i'm saying and back in world war one they didn't have like anything protecting them like that helmet wasn't doing nothing <laughs> you know what i mean yeah <clears throat> that damn helmet man you can shoot like a 22 through it or something it was just uh we're on top of your head i guess it didn't serve a purpose yeah i mean this is the stuff that, and then they showed a recent one where um, uh, they were in Afghanistan, I believe, and there was like four or five hundred like Taliban or something like that, and they said 
uh, they were in the wire, so they were on their territory, right? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I don't know if it was like a sergeant or what, but he got like 50 guys together, and they ended up um, killing most of them, and then uh, the, the rest like ran off. And the guy that orchestrated it, like he ended up living and getting the Medal of Honor. Because he orchestrated all that to to get rid of four to five hundred guys that could have easily just you know taken over their whole camp. Yeah, I mean, dude, the the heroic people that have like most most Medal of Honor recipients are like dead. They died. In, oh I mean, yeah, they were KIA. They were killed in action. Yep. But there are like very 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 few that are actually still living to this day. And it's like, it's insane how, you know, some guys, you know, some guys don't get shot and they get it. And some guys get like shot several times and they like still, they're still charging. And it's just insane how like the human body could withstand that much. But I mean, I guess when that adrenaline kicks in, it's a, uh, I guess it'll uh it'll pretty much save your life, I guess. Yeah, man. I mean, like it's just like yeah, once that kicks in, it's just like nothing can stop you. You know what I'm saying? Cuz you're going to do anything and everything to uh to try and do something for your country, you know what I'm saying? And that's the reason I just get pissed off so much when people disrespect this country is because that that's that's showing that there's people fighting for nothing. If you think this country is shit, then leave. You know what I mean? Like, don't disrespect the people that are serving this country and acting like it's nothing. Right. And, I mean, I have, um, like, you know, you see all these people, like, you know, burning the American flag or stomping all over it. And, like, me, coming from a guy that's in, like, as shitty as this sounds to say, like, that's what we we fought for their right to do that. I mean, America is the oh, yeah. freest, the United States is the freest country in the whole world. Right. There are countries that, like, if you do that, you get, like, stoned to death. Right. Like, well, seriously, like, they'll cut your head off or they'll, like, shoot you. They'll do some shit. Yeah. And, but that's why, like, America, we're the freest country. And that's what I think, like, people, we, there's people that have actually fought for their right to do that, yeah, is it disrespectful? Of course. But then again, that's their right. Oh, no, I completely I mean, agree. And it's crazy for me to, like, I hate it. But then again, like, that's that's how I think, you know. Like, it's, it's their right, and, you know. Yeah, man. They do whatever we, they want. And then just look at all the, the shit that people talk about the president. Like, no matter if the president does something right or wrong, whatever. Um. To shit talk them and the way people, what people say about them and all that kind of shit. Like, if you said that in any other country, like, for example, um, there's a guy from Turkey that plays in the NBA. And he said some shit about the Turkish president. And now they want his head on a platter. So he's never going back. And he's trying, I don't, I don't think he could become a citizen here until like 2021 or something like that. So he's just hanging out here. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely crazy, man. And uh, <clears throat> like my perspective on it, I, I, yeah, I really care. I want the best candidate to become the president. But at the end of the day, you know, like I, you know, I signed up to <clears throat> pretty much like back up what he's got to offer or he or she's got to offer, and um, and I want him to succeed. I I want the best candidate to win. And it doesn't matter if it isn't the person that I voted for. Nobody wants your president to fail because if he fails, our country fails. And right. then, in turn, you fail. Right. Uh, I mean, it, whoever it is, like, whoever gets elected, I'm going to – I might not agree with what they have to say sometimes, but at the end of the day, I want them to succeed because I want this country to succeed. I want America to remain the greatest country on earth. Right. And, I mean, I want them to still be the most badass country on earth. Yeah, man. And I think, like, I think people fail to fail to see the real, and I think that shows the real privileges that we have, is because people fail to see that kind of stuff, like what we can really do here. 
And what we're free to do, we're free to pretty much do whatever we want within the law. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> like it just blows my mind how, and people still complain because they want, want, and want. Yeah, man, I mean, there's a, uh, I don't know what it is. I and mean, like, if you look at back in the day, like, I would say all of that kind of bullshit started, like, probably after the Vietnam War, I would think, you know, with, like, uh, hippies and people yeah. that were against the war. Yeah. Um, but, like, if you take a further look back in, like, the 40s, dude, everybody, everybody was, like, a bleeding red, white, and blue, like, hardcore American. Like, everybody was proud to be an American, no matter, like, what country they came from, you know, what race, religion, anything. Like, they were all proud to be an American, and now people are, like, they're just so damn disrespectful. And like you said, and I agree with, like, if you don't like it, then get out. Like, if you don't like, if you don't like being here, then get out. It's, it's seriously too easy. Because it's funny, too. Like, you look at... Um like, do you see how many celebrities, like, threatened to, like, move to Canada or something, like, when Trump was elected? But they're still here. You know yeah, like, if they, if they say they're going to do it, like, all because some guy that they didn't vote for got elected. I mean, exactly. Tell exactly. Shit, and, like, nothing, everything is not going to work in your favor in life. Like, be an adult, get over it. But if you, like, sit here, well, I'm going to go to Canada or I'm going to go here, there, wherever, then do it. I mean, shit, I'm, I'm not holding you back. Nobody else is holding you back. Do it. Yeah, I mean, and like for me, I'm kind of in a position where I'm doing what I need to do to get to where I want to be. You know what I'm saying? Like the president really doesn't do nothing for me. Um, so I don't get affected by it too much. You know what I mean? I mean, I'll still vote yeah. and everything um, to who I think would be the best candidate. But um, other than that, man, like I feel like. I control my destiny. You know what I'm saying? Like, the government's not going to do nothing. Like, And uh, I hate people that put their whole life in the government's hands. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make, it doesn't make sense to me because they're just looking for a handout. Whereas even, yeah, though, even though I'm white, like, I'm still working for everything I have. You know? Yeah, okay, I have white privilege because I may not be pulled over... And a cop might not think I have something in my car. You know, it's whatever. And, but yeah, I mean, I think we're getting better with the whole race thing too. But like, uh, I still worked. I worked for every single thing we had. Like me and my wife have worked together. Every single thing we have. You know what I'm saying? Like, really, I can't really think of one area where we can thank the government or thank the president or something for what I have. You know what I mean? Because I did everything myself. You know? Right. I mean, it just got, it, there's just, and I think that that's what it is. It's like, today's generation, like, we, in my opinion, I think that, like, the citizens of the country, like, every generation, like, the next generation after next, like, they start getting more lenient with their kids, or they start getting more lenient in school, and then people just get so relaxed. And, like, when something doesn't go their way, then they, you know, throw a fit about it. Oh, yeah. And like, they're not, they're not used to not getting their way, pretty much. And everybody just starts getting lazy because you got people that, some people got, you know, kids and stuff, and uh, they, they don't want to get off their ass and, like, get a job or anything. Like, well, it's like when they, the older... They, boys, they could. Yeah, I mean, it's like when they... When the older people complain about millennials and stuff, mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you complaining about millennials for? Like, you're the ones that raised them. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're the ones that raised them to do what they're doing most of the time. Like, and a lot of millennials aren't that aren't the stereotypical. You know what I'm saying? Because we're kind of taking it back to where it was before. Uh, the baby boomers and all that stuff where like small businesses and everyone's like having their own business. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of corporate places thriving, but a lot of corporate places 
um, are going down. Like uh, GNC just closed like 900 stores. You know what I mean? So I saw that and I was like, I was like, ooh, you know, because one of my goals here in Delaware is to, um, you know, bring people to what I offer and not to a GNC. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just corporate bullshit. Yeah, man, but, you know, um, at least we got you out there, you know. <laughs> yeah, you we know? Got, um, got a lot of men and women out there, you know, <clears throat> putting their lives on the line, risking, exactly. you know, not coming home from their families and being away from their families for a long period of time. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's awesome, you know, being that 1% of the, you know, country's population that's actually in and, uh, trying to uh trying to keep this place as free as it can be yeah man and um a lot of us appreciate that and i appreciate that man and thank you for everything you do for this country man and um thanks for uh you know hitting me up to get on the podcast man because i think you got a lot of things that um people can take from and actually like learn from and Instead of hearing about it on the news or something, you know, coming from an actual person who's who's in and, you know, has seen it and been through different things, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, it was awesome being on. It's uh, never done this thing, this kind of thing before. It's kind of like calling into like a radio show or something. So I think that's pretty badass. Yeah, man. You're the first person I had like call in. Because when you said that, I was like, oh, shit, do I know how to do that? You know? <laughs> so I was like... <laughs> So I was like, let me figure it out. But I figured it out, man, and it turns turned out pretty good. Yeah, man, I'm ready to hear it. Um, ready to see uh, how shitty I sound, you know, online. Because <laughs> I know I, I know I don't, I know I sound worse in video or on the phone than I actually do in person. Nah, man, you sound good. A lot of girls will listen to it and be like, "Ooh, get their own Georgia Peach." <laughs> But yeah, man, uh, thanks for coming on and um, hope to like sometime get to see you soon. I don't know when or where, but yeah, man, for sure. Uh, When I go up there, you know, hit everybody up. It's been a long time since I've seen, you know, everybody. And uh, maybe one of these days we can do it, we can do this again and hopefully not over the phone. Oh, yeah, man, definitely. Yeah, man, thanks for having me on, and uh, it was awesome. All right, man. So, all right, guys, this is the Strong Tower Podcast, and we're out. Peace.